When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome into the Afternoons with Staffy podcast. Good to have your company. Thank you for subscribing wherever you are listening in from. Today on the show, uh, a shortened midday man. It's just went for half an hour, but some good good tales. We asked you about the which NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL team um, you like and why you like them in the American teams. Which one do you support? And later on in the show, Sam took me through an NHL quiz to decide which NHL team I should support. And I'm all about it now. I now have an NHL team listening for that. It's good fun. A lot of questions. Uh, we caught up with Courtney Tidy live out of Australia on the back of uh, the third test in the Constellation Cup. Um, big win to Australian Diamond, so we dissected that a little bit. We were joined by Jack, uh, Jacqueline Coma. She is the founder of Areto Labs, and they've released a oh, pretty amazing report Looking at the online abuse, particularly for female athletes, the online stuff that's going on, it's quite horrific. And she compared it a bit to the male sport. They looked at Wimbledon in particular. I found the figures fascinating. Uh, Tony Johnson joined us, Sky Rugby commentator, cast his eye of the MPC final, touched on uh, Heartland as well, and also the Women's Rugby World Cup. And the theme right through the show, we have started... Our latest bracket. It is called the GWE Top of TV Character Jamboree. We've been asking for nominations for your favourite TV character of all time, and we started with the matchups today. The number one, two, three, and four seeds all had their first round uh, competitions, and we revealed those through the day as well. We gave you our Greyhound and Harness tips, which we are raising money for Dave Latelli. Sam's on an absolute tear with picking winners at the moment. Fantastic, loved it. Uh, and Brenda Popperwell joined us from TAB just to tell us where the money's going, particularly in the MPC final as well. Uh, good show today, good fun, lots of laughs. Uh, thanks for listening to the Afternoons with Staffy Podcast. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ.
Kia ora, good afternoon, New Zealand. It is an exciting day today. It's the 20th of October. That's not why it's exciting. It's Thursday, and that's not why it's exciting. It's exciting for two reasons. Um, every day is exciting because Gull are with us all afternoon, uh, fueling your mission all year round. And today is their special day. From now, right now, till midday tomorrow, they're already economically priced petrol is a further 10 cents down. So go and gas your car. Sammy Hewitt, I'm looking at you with your little roller skate. Go and gas your car. Every day. Sam just told me. Did you just say that on here? No, 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 not on here. But I do go to Gull every time, I should say. Well, today's time. the day. But either be today there. or tomorrow morning I'll, before midday. I'll be here, I'll be there, mate. Just, uh, Are the you the sort of guy that runs your tank at about a quarter? No, no. Wainui exit. Just past Silverdale. Little gal there. Off to the side. Every single time. And you go fuel, get out. Fuel in, out, mission, fueled, all year round. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. That's how we fuel our mission, all year round. Thanks to Sammy Hewitt. So yes, between now and midday tomorrow, go and uh, get some uh, very cheaply priced fuel from Goal. And go on to Goal. How did I know? I got a text message. I got a text message uh, because I registered on Goal.nz. And they send you a text when it's the special day. They teased me earlier in the week and said it's coming this week. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I held off. So uh, I got it this morning. Didn't have time this morning, but I'll be going to do uh, my local after work today. And uh, so I'll do that. And they're with us side by side in the afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Other reasons it's exciting today. I'll save one. I'll save one. Stand by. Courtney Tidy is going to join us about 1240 Uh, And we'll have a look back at last night's big loss to Australia, Game 3 of the Constellation Cup. It was in Melbourne last night. I managed to watch... I got home about halfway through the second quarter, so I missed the start, but we were behind and stayed behind. So Courtney was courtside, so we'll get an update from her. A very interesting chat upcoming with Jacqueline Coma. She's the founder of Areto Labs, and they have released a report... Uh, looking at online abuse um, for athletes, um, female athletes particularly, but it also came out about the male athletes as well. Uh, they picked on Wimbledon because that's just like a, an encompassed event and they could capture everything around Wimbledon. It's just a two-week event. And the, the stats that have come out of that are alarming. So we're going to get Jacqueline Coma on. Uh, Tony Johnson, as we always do on a Thursday We'll have a look at the MPC final, Wellington, Canterbury, and of course uh, the Women's World Cup carries on this weekend. Um, we'll have a look at some of those matches as well. But the big one today, the big, big one, is you will remember we have our new bracket starting today. Um, we took nominations for your favourite TV character of all time. The votes, every time we do a bracket, we seem to get more and more nominations. We've got the top 32. We read them out yesterday. Um, so the voting starts today. We will have in the first round, obviously, 16 head-to-heads. Winners progress, and the losers are deleted. And we will then get our 16, our 8, 4, 2 grand finalist. And we've come up with a name for the competition. After much thought this morning, lots of homework assignments, this bracket will be called the GWE Topper TV Character Jamboree. There we go. And it is my intention to attempt to get the winner on the show. Now, some of them have passed away. Some of them will be impossible to track down. 
but I will do my best. Even get a spokesperson. Even get the goddaughter of the winning favourite TV. I'll try and get some sort of link on the show just to celebrate uh, New Zealand's favourite TV character. That will launch, just checking my script, at 12.30, after the 12.30 news. But Midday Madness, a truncated one, because it's a truncated show, three till four this afternoon is Phoenix Nation with Ricardo Ball, your Wellington Phoenix show. Thanks to Oppo for jumping on board and enabling that to happen. And uh, so three to four, the Phoenix show. Um, so we're here till three. 12 to 12.30 is Midday Madness. Really want to hear. I want to hear. NBA's just started. NHL's just started. NFL's in its early stages. Major League Baseball is in postseason. If, if you're ever an American sports fan, you want to go to America, now's the time to go because you can go to all four codes in October. You can get around all four. So who's your American sports team? And how'd you come to support them? Who is yours and why? I know, Sam, it's all about Boston because that's where he went to college. So he's he's Boston everything. Um, I'm sort of spread around the country with mine. But what are yours? 0800-150-811. That's our Midday Madness. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. So let's hear your American, your American. And the reason we chose this one today was we had a little NBA chat uh, between myself, Sammy, and Captain K about um, eras. And I just loved, I loved the um, basketball era of um, Michael Jordan and, and the Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. I reeled off all mine, Dr. J, Isaiah Thomas. Um, and I missed a lot out as well. And everyone talked about Larry Bird with the Boston Celtics, but... You know, he played alongside Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, Dennis, I'm trying to think his name, was it Williams, the guard? Um, the Freckley guy? Um, they had, they were, they were like three or four marquee type players in each team, and I knew them all. I knew, John Stockton and Carl Malone. Um, just so many. David Robinson and uh, Tim Duncan. You know, all of these pairings, all of these matchups, and they had they had great rivalries with other teams as well. So, who's your American ones? Um, baseball, again, I'm not locked in hard and fast. With you know, I, I do swing a little bit. If I had to pick one baseball, it's probably Boston Red Sox because I was really invested in the Boston Red Sox the year they won in Pedro Martinez, and that was it was that team that got me involved in Boston, which was '04. Um, and I'm sort of, if I had to choose one, it'd be them. I had favourite players, and that's the thing with my with my um, American sport viewing. I have favourite players, and I've told you before about my, uh, just love Doug Flutie. He's a long time retired now, but Buffalo Bills in the NFL. Um, that's sort of my NFL team. I haven't got an ice hockey team, although probably the new team is probably... Um, pro- probably the way I'm going just because I love their name, the Kraken. Um, and which team have I got left? I've done baseball, baseball. Oh, basketball. Now that's a tricky one too. Uh, I was a huge fan of Michael Jordan, but probably my favourite basketballer of all times, James Worthy, who was in the Lakers. And mum and dad got me a cap from uh, the forum, uh, uh, from the Lakers merchandise shop, which I think I've told you before, fell over the back of a um, Picton Ferry. 
There you go. Never to be seen again. Never had another one since. Anyway, give us a call. Who are the American teams and why? 0800-150811. Zade, I've never heard you talk about your favourite American teams. I'm interested. Welcome in. Hello. Hello. Um, bit of a hard watch, but I don't mind the Lakers because of um, LeBron James. Yep. Um, you know, he. I've always loved watching um, LeBron James in the, um, in the NBA. Um, he, he went off yesterday, which is pretty good, 31 points. But And I also don't mind the Grizzlies because of Stephen Adams, obviously. Yeah. Um, haven't got around to buying a Stephen Adams Grizzlies singlet, but I might have to find one of those. Um, and I also don't mind, like, the old-school Bulls team because um, because of Last Dance and that and um, Michael Jordan, just the player he was. Obviously, he wasn't around when he was playing, but he's just such a cool, such a good player. And then, like, you always had, like, the arguments between him and Scottie Pippen. And yeah. then you, had, you always had Dennis Rodman and, like, um, Michael Jordan would have to get him like back to training. He would, he'd always be off like what I don't know, wrestling or hanging out with some girls. Or he's always up to something no good. <laughs> that's just got, that's just Dennis Rodman for you. And um, probably if I was to have an NFL team, probably the Buc- Buccaneers because of um, old Brady. Um, but not the biggest NFL fan. That's probably about it for American sport. Baseball's too long. You can't really what you can't really support cricket and baseball. So I'm more I'm a cricket fan. But um, and I obviously am off to the um, Breakers tonight because. That's pretty close to my house, Trust Stadium. So um, hopefully the Breakers can get a dub tonight against Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. And um, seems like we've got a good few new um, American imports this year. Um, the, is it Brantley, the Brantley brothers or something? And then um, Derek Pardon seems to play, be playing pretty well. Um, that Ryan Rupier looks pretty solid. And then um, that Barry, what's the name? Barry Brown Jr. But he hasn't played too much yet. But he's um, the one I like. Yeah, the, when I watched their yeah. game over in Aussie, he was the one that really resonated with me. I like him. And that that Lee Arthur, the Kiwi, looks like a good player who was at the Phoenix last year. He mm. looks real good. Lee, um, yeah, Lee Arthur. And then um, Willem McDowell-White played real good the other night against um, the Hawks. That was a real good win, 26 points, which um, they shut them out in that game. So hopefully they can get a win over the Phoenix tonight, which would be good. And, um, yeah, it's real good to see them playing at Trust Stadium. Like, I hope they should probably sell it out because it's, what, only about four or 5,000 capacity, and it's not that not that hard to sell out, really, is it, with that kind of size? No. And and I, think it, only, good, I think the tickets are only start at $10, so it's pretty cheap. Yeah, good sports fans out west, too. Good sports fans. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to that tonight. It's good, man. Enjoy that. it, mate. Enjoy right. it. Thanks. Good yeah. talking to you, Zade, as always. Sweet. Top man. Yeah. There we go. I've got, I've got the feeling Zade's a little bit like me, like he, he likes the Bucks because of Tom Brady, so I'm imagining he like the Patriots because of Tom Brady. So you sort of... I'm a player fan first before a team, and I guess it's because I've never lived there, been to college there. I've holidayed there a couple of times, but I haven't got a connection with any state. It's more the players that attract me in. Um, interested to hear. We'll go to Kapiti Coast and talk to Richie. G'day, Richie. G'day, Sophie. How are you? Good, thanks, Richie. Hey, mate, with the American teams uh, like you, I'm a big fan of the Seattle Kraken. Um, started watching it last year, and... They were one of the first games on the TV, so <laughs> I, I support them. Um, basketball has to be the Grizzlies. Um, big fan of Stephen Adams, and yeah, so I've just jumped on that bandwagon with him. And so, I think my, so my question, go well. my question about that: Were you an OKC fan when he was there? Um, no, I, I, I just sort of I was more a Stephen Adams fan, but yeah. I started watching Grizzlies last year and just seeing the young guys and. Uh, Morant and and that all playing and I just uh, yeah I've got a good feeling about for them this year. Cool. Um, NFL, yeah, Arizona Cardinals. Um, 
don't know why, just like just picked them and just supported them since. So it's all it takes sometimes. Don't know why, but I do. Yeah, and baseball, mate. Like oh, I have no idea. I'll just yeah, you know, um, you know, Phillies could could go well, but yeah, I don't really have a team. Um, try I've tried to watch it, but too long for me. It is long, but once you once you pick a team and you start following them, you learn their pitching rotation, you know their designated hitters, all the all these things, and you start to get a little bit of attachment. All of a sudden, that three hours becomes watchable. Yeah, oh, mate, I've, I've got better things to do with three hours. You know, there's yeah. always horse racing on, and yeah, true, different other sports. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's a big big fan of the American sports, and hopefully, you can get over there one day to to do the do a few tours around yeah. and watch watch a few games. Bang on, bang on. Good chatting, Richie. Cheers, mate. Have a good day. Cheers, buddy. You too. Uh, Richie out of Carpenty Coast. Um, it's a big namahi to Ed. Kia ora, Ed. Kia ora, my brother. Bro, you wouldn't believe this, but I was a basketball player back in school. So was I. Man, I was a, I was a scoring machine underneath, underneath, underneath the um, rim. Oh. So I was a tall fella. Yeah. And we had these two little fellas who were the shortest fellas on the team, man. <laughs> I, I saved up for a pair of ponies. Have you heard of that basketball shoe? I remember ponies. the ponies, yes. Yeah, bro. And then my favourite uh, NBA player, uh, oh, sorry, NBA player, that little fella who could dunk it. Spud, Spud Webb. Webb. used to watch the dunking competitions, man. Yeah. And then I used to have this, um, this um, video game. Scott Pippen, I think it was Hang, Hang 10 or Hang... Something hang five. Oh man, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and then I lost it for a while, eh? And, uh, you know, now I don't know all these players, you know, all these new players, but I'm getting back into it. But yeah, yeah, basketball, man. Basketball is a great game. Great game to watch. So great game. Who's your NBA team? My NBA team? Um, so, well, back in the day, it would have had to be no MJ, Michael yeah. Jordan, the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, that was me about 1984, something like that. Mm. Yeah, because those would have been, and oh, probably you know those, but yeah, MJ's thing. And it, but um, man, I used to, oh, I lo- I love playing this video game which had the Celtics and that um Carl Malone and Scottie Pippen and um, what's that guy's name, Larry Bird. That was their team, three yeah. on three. Yeah. Oh, me. And, and, and when you get the goals in, you're on fire. You're on fire. <laughs> you're on fire, man. Uh, you're on fire. Hey, oh, hey, hey, Seth. Yeah. And it took me all my senior day to dunk it in our ring at school. Uh-huh. I jammed one one day, man. And I had you know, a lot of practice to get up there and jam one of those, bro. Yeah, I had to have a mini I tramp. One. I had to have a mini tramp to dunk it. I couldn't get up. No way, man! You must have been a three-point scorer, <laughs> mate. I was just—I was the assist king. I was—I was, I was handed off to a better shooter guy. That was me, bro. Uh, you know, you wouldn't believe this, man. We had these two fellas. They were the shortest guys in the whole competition, and we—we uh, we took out um, our little South Auckland side. We beat Orderhu in our little little area where we played the LSL, Orderhu, Hillary College. And we had to go and play in a, um, a regional. We had to go to uh, play um, Manurewa. But, uh, yeah, these two little fellas, man. Oh, the, the shortest fellas you'd ever see playing basketball, boy. Yeah, that's why Spud Webb is the man. Yeah, he, is. he is the man. He is the man. Ed, you're the man too. I wish you a good day. 
You too. You're the man too, Safi. And Keza. Keza, you're Captain K. Captain K is the man. There is Ed. Tolaga Bay, Captain K, all the way. We'll be back after a break. We were just talking about um, Michael Jordan, actually, and I remember I went to the Bulls game and I was so looking forward to going to the merchandise shop and I knew it would be expensive. I wanted to get something Michael Jordan. They don't sell anything Michael Jordan at the stadium because they have a disagreement about the contractual, uh, the commercial arrangement. So you can get every other historical player that's played for the Bulls but not Michael Jordan. So I had to go to a knockoff shop in a little, just around the corner from where we were staying and, and bought, it wasn't fake, but it was. I could get a number twenty-three. There's nothing twenty-three in the Bulls Stadium when I was there. Anyway, um, yeah, just iconic, iconic. Let's go to Gisborne. Talk to Joe. Kia ora, Joe. Kia ora, brother. How's it going, Staffy? Very well, mate. I was. Uh, I grew up in the you know early nineties as a teenager, and um, obviously MJ, you know, huge Bulls fan when you watch them. But probably just a fan of, of basketball in that nineties. 90 to probably 98 era where they had, like you say, you know, so many good players at the Spurs, San Antonio Spurs had David Robinson, you know, Michael Jordan was at the at the Bulls, you know, and he had Dominic Hawkins, who was at, at Atlanta. Oh, Dominic Hawkins, um, yes. Oh, Dominic Hawkins, yeah, he was a monster. You know, and then you had Isaiah Thomas, yeah. you know, and, and those guys, he probably had maybe eight to ten superstars, Charles Barclay, you had Shaq, you know, all those guys who who dominated the floor, and that each of those guys was a superstar in their own right. You know, in, in regardless of what team they went to, obviously the Bulls got it right. You know, when they drafted in enough players to back up Jordan with Rodman and Scotty Pippen and you know, Horace Grant, all of those workers you know, who worked for them you know, to get those to get those six rings. But growing up then, and then also a huge fan of uh, of just sport in general. But Cal Ripken. Yes. Yeah, he went 2,630-odd games consecutively. He played 13 years consecutively, never missed a game. You know, and that was Lou Gehrig's record. And yeah, I remember watching that on television, and it was almost uh, a week of Cal Ripken in America when he broke yeah. the record. And then, he, then he, re- he stepped back, and his family were there. And, you know, and every team he went to, uh, you know, the standing ovations, it was absolutely amazing. When you looked at those guys, but I'm I'm a massive Packers fan. Nice. Right, the only only publicly owned, you know, company uh, sports sports franchise in the world. Yeah, formed in a formed in a cheese factory by a couple of guys uh, in you know, in 1921. But uh, I went to the Super Bowl in uh, 2010. Yeah, mate, went to went to watch them play Pittsburgh, where they got up 31-25. The mighty Jordy Nelson and Favre, and then. Um, yeah, I've been to Wisconsin probably half a dozen times just to go up to to go up to watch them. And you fly into Chicago, go to watch the Cubs, go to watch the Bulls, and then a four-hour bus ride up to Wisconsin with a whole lot of nutty Packers fans. And you know, you get in there, and you, you watch it. It's an outstanding um, love of sport in America that, that we don't have. You know, the tailgating. And I was lucky enough; I was working in Texas, and I went to a Texas Longhorns game. On a Tuesday, staff with eighty thousand people. Oh, mate! And I was outstanding. You know, you know, you got, you got university, you know, university stadiums holding eighty thousand, mm. sixty thousand. You know, you can't get tickets because the alumni, you know, that they, they will it to their kids, and it's just phenomenal. The love of of sport in America, where it's like you say, um, 
right through from college yeah, to to the pros, it's um, it's I think they do the sport best in the world. It's the best coverage, you know. Their stories, the thirty thirties on ESPN. Yeah, it's a lot that New Zealand, you know, Sky and that could learn from to keep content. But I love the sports. You know, yeah, I went to Yankee Stadium when I was in New York. Yeah, I watched the game there in the Bronx, and that's outstanding. I went to the Rangers game. You know, went to the Garden, and all those iconic places. When you're travelling, staff, you got to go. You know. Mm. And you got to just tick them off your bucket list, and um, and in the end, you don't care who's playing. You just go there and watch, and you know you don't. I don't care for the results out, outside of the Packers, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll sit there and watch sport all day long. You know, and at the moment with the Padres, you know, how about those guys turning up, and then uh, and then the playoffs, and the, and see, I see the see the Dodgers been knocked out. You know, and let's go and see see who 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 wins this year. But you're looking for new stars, and, and you know, someone for your kids to latch onto. And, uh, you know, just to grab a new jersey and walk around town. And, but, yeah, that, that's kind of when I grew up in the 90s, mate. They, they were the gun teams. And I mean, that's, uh, that's where your, your, your love of American sports starts. Beautiful. Beautiful, Joe. Loved it. Love it. Thanks for calling, man. Well, I've got to get back to work, buddy. So you've got to carry on your show. Okay, mate. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Joe out of Gizzy. Um, We'll take our news break now, and on the other side, it's the Chiwi Top of TV character Jamboree. Live from the SENZ studios in Auckland, this is the Chiwi Top of TV character Jamboree. It's official. It's that music. It's the voice. It's the name. It's how much I know the listeners love it. And look, we're talking American sports staff. We've got a bracket. We've got March Madness coming at you in October. (laughs) Nothing wrong with it. People have been texting in their college teams here. Duke basketball from James and uh, North Carolina Tar Heels. Go Heels. Um, We had a couple of mates who went to North Carolina. Great school. Great athletic school. Um, But we're here to vote. On the Wee Top of TV character, Jamboree. We've got 32 names, 32 characters from 32 TV shows. Actually, that's not true because there's a couple of MASH characters in there, a couple of double-ups. Or even three from MASH. It's as simple as this, fellas and ladies. Double eight, double three. You just text and you vote. If you're more social media inclined, you can jump on Instagram. We are running the polls live (laughs) as we speak, Steph. We're covering the world. We're covering all bases. To the east. And that's where we begin our bracket for 2022. And the number one seed, do I say the seeds? I do, don't I? The number one seed for this competition, which I haven't revealed yet. Oh, no, we, did, we went we, through to... We revealed it. And the number that. one seed in the East, going up against number 32. Number one, Tony Soprano. <laughs> Tony Soprano going up against How to Get Away with Murder, Annalise Keating. She's the 32nd seed. That is matchup one Actually, in, in the, the last East. bracket, we saw a lot of top seeds go early. We did, actually, yeah. And the, and the it winner can was happen like here, too. It, it can, can happen. happen. So Tony Soprano or Annalise Keating, you can text her on double eight double three. And in the West, the number two seed of the competition, it's Mr. Bean going up against Olivia Pope, who is the 31st seed. Olivia Pope from Scandal, Steph. Mm. So there you go. Those are your first two matchups of the 2022 Wee Top of TV character jamboree. Tony Soprano. The Annalise Keating. So you just text the Olivia Pope. So you can text like Soprano, comma Bean, and we know what you mean. Or you can put Tony, comma Mister, and we'll know what you mean. Or you can write 
Annalise and Olivia will know what you mean and the votes will be compiled. I tell you what, Captain K is going to be under the pump during this bracket. He's given me the thumbs up. He's ready. He's got his sports jocks on. He's ready to get athletic with us. He's going to do some serious counting. He's got the shades as well. He's They're coming back. The shades. Has no he got, headache today, though. Has he got the beanie? No beanie. He's got no headache today. This, he's told me this morning that it's just the look. So uh, Truth comes yeah, out. No headache anymore. I'll tell you what, Staff, I, I'm fairly confident in uh, the favourites in, in this particular matchup, or these two matchups, but as we get through uh, so today and tomorrow... So how many matchups are we going to do today? Well, because we've only got three hours, we're probably only going to do... Three. Six matchups instead of eight. We usually do eight a day, um, four from each conference. So how long have they got to go on the Soprano Bean? Got analysis? an hour. they got an hour. Okay, you got an hour. Yeah. So text through double eight double three. That music just gets us up and about. How good. Um, up it goes from Sammy Hewitt. And we know that Casey out in the office, she'll be dancing. And I told you, I can just imagine, like, the sort of the TV ad that's playing, but just before we get to this, is like a guy sort of, like, skating towards the screen, just slowly with his arms out. In lycra. Or, like, running, but, like, in slow motion, with the Olympic rings. Kieran Reed, Maybe. Esk. Get your votes through. They are the first matchups. They are Soprano versus Keating, and they are Bean versus Pope. Text them through, double eight, double three. We're going to take a break because we're going across the ditch now, going across to Australia, talk to Courtney Tyree. She was courtside in Melbourne for the third test in the Constellation Cup. The Diamonds got one back over the Ferns. We'll talk about it after this. Well, they came back at us, the buggers, the Aussie Diamonds. Uh, they pushed go, pushed the go button, um, and... Uh, Demolished the Silver Ferns last night. Court side was Courtney Tyree, and uh, oh, she's not quite there yet. Not quite there. She's, uh, I think, she's transferred to Queensland because it was Melbourne last night, and it is um, the Gold Coast on Sunday. I think it is. Yeah, Gold Coast on Sunday. Um, so we're going to catch up with her uh, right about now. Coco Courtney Tyree, uh, Kilda. Kilda. How many stamps have you got in your passport? I know, I think I'm running out of pages, to be honest. <laughs> you are the most travelled pre, during and post-COVID uh, sports person I know, and good on you, doing a great job. But uh, the netball last night, that performance from Australia last night was what I thought we'd see in Game 2. They were they were disappointing Game 1. Um, we saw the real Australia last night. We did, and I think Dame Nolene, she uh, spoke about it last night too. She said she was expecting it for Game 2. I think we were all expecting it in Game 2, and it didn't quite come out in New Zealand. And then last night, it's oh, they were a completely different team. And I don't know what they did. I was trying to see, but I don't know what they did before that match to fire themselves up. But I can tell you they came out ready, and it, it really was, from my perspective, right on the sideline. I don't know what it looked like on TV, but they came out ready to crash and bash and play a very, very physical, hard one-on-one game like we know the Australians do. Yeah, it was, um, Captain Cage just told me, it's the first time they've played at home for three years, the Australian Diamonds, which is a long, long time. It was led by, uh, I think, Courtney Bruce set the scene down the back. I would hate to have her marking me. Um, She might end up with uh, sore ribs or black eyes. She'd be so frustrating to be marking you. But across the court, they... It was, an, it was the same team, but it was a new team. Um, and it's, it's surprising it took them to be 2-0 down to find that. So they were amazing. What part of the Silver Ferns disappointed you? 
For me, I think a lot of the time on attack, we only had one option to the ball. So, And then if that was covered, we didn't have any other options. And I think you saw we went backwards a lot. And then I think, you know, for some of the girls, they even said it to me after, they were just sort of like shocked at, at what was being put out there by the Australians compared to the first two matches. So it also took them, the Silver Ferns, a bit of time to get used to that. And I think it took them too long to settle in. And then, you know, we call it, uh, well, the, we call it the koala backpack. Like, you know, when you play Australia, you're going to have that player right there on you the whole game. And I think some players, it took them a while to get used to that. And they'll just get him pushed off the ball or like you run a line and you think that's where the ball should go. And then if you, if you watch the game, it's almost like, why did they throw that ball there? But it's because the Australian defense was so good. They're, they're running you off the line that you want to run. And I think it took the Ferns far too long to get used to that and to adapt to that. But also we actually did get quite a lot of ball in turnover. We just weren't converting that. We weren't making the most of those opportunities. You know, we got, we narrowed the score line down and then we just let it blow out again. And it was almost like we're just fighting the whole game to get within reach. And, you know, I take my hat off to Australia, especially Courtney Bruce. You're right. She was phenomenal in that goalkeeper bib uh, for the Diamonds, especially with her, I'd say her, her best partner down the defensive end, Joe Weston, she was added to the Diamonds out at goal defence. And I think they just lifted the whole team and you could see it throughout the court. Yeah, it was um, it was quite alarming. And uh, the, just the general chit-chat around here and even before that game was played was um, the loss of Peter Toyava because she was the marked difference in those first two test matches. And when you're talking about that koala backpack, and I know exactly what you're talking about, because she could shackle herself free from whoever was defending her, it created gaps elsewhere in the court. Even though she got free, it created other gaps. We didn't have anyone... Um, take the mantle and the disruption that Peta Toyava created in the first two tests. Yeah, 100%. And Peta, she's such a crafty and clever player. She reminds me of those old school wing attacks, whereas I feel like today's wing attacks, they're used to just kind of, I guess, that grind and that running, which running which the Australians love to play against. And I think when, when Peta played the Australians, the wing defenders had never come up against that before and they were just like, oh my goodness, what is happening here? And you're right, she creates opportunities for others on court and she's able to get rid of her defenders or she's so crafty that she's given them something else to think about. And we didn't have that last night, but I think, I mean, it, I think it shows the level of player that Petta is as well as the other players out there. But I think you can just see the difference in what Petta adds to the Silver Ferns and that that point of difference. And then I know there's a lot of players that, I mean, a lot of people who are saying, why aren't these players there? Or why aren't other players in the Silver Fern squad getting opportunities? And then when when it comes up last night, you know, it was time for them to really step up. But I don't think any of them um, stepped up enough in comparison to what Petsa put out in the first two tests. And the one I always look at, because we always talk about shooting percentage, but I like looking at shots made, whether they go in or not, because that shows you're getting the ball in the, you got the opportunity to score. Now, Australia had 73 shot attempts. New Zealand only had 49. And I can't remember, that's a huge disparity. So they've had 24 more shots at goal than the Silver Ferns. Yeah, that's the stuff I like looking at too. And when I saw it at the end of the match last night, I was blown away. I knew that Australia put up a lot more than us, whereas in the first two tests it was almost about even. But our, because our shooting percentage was so good, 
we obviously scored more, but when I saw how many more shots Australia put up last night, I, I actually couldn't believe it. And then, but when you look back at the game, just the defensive pressure that they put on us is just, we couldn't even get the ball, I guess, into that circle, into that shooting range. And, you know, I spoke to Grace Mickey last night. I interviewed her and she even said she needs to go back and look at it because she wants more ball. So she said for her personally, she needs to figure out how she can create opportunities for herself to get her hands on more ball. But I think just, I mean, it's a big job. Noel said it last night. They've only got a few days turnaround and a lot of changes need to be to be made. So I think a big focus for the Ferns coming into these tests is how do they get their hands on board defensively. I think they, they did that great in the first two tests, maybe not so much last night, but their big focus now for test four is going to be how do they get the ball into the circle and to the shooters in good shooting position. Uh, as good as Grace is, and she's still on a development pathway, and she is fantastic, and her accuracy is unbelievable, um, and I know, like her career, as short as as it is, she's incredibly effective down uh, adjacent to the goal. She's bought herself out high, um, but she looks a little bit all at sea when she comes out towards the edge of the circle. Doesn't look comfortable out there, but she's forcing herself out there. Is, that's still a development part of her game. Yeah, one hundred percent. You're right. She wants to go out and help, and she wants like, to add that to her game because obviously she is such a strong target and holding target and she wants to be able to add it to her game and I think her being in camp with Maya Wilson is really good because Maya used to be that kind of shooter where she had a really strong hold but now you've seen Maya she adds that running to her game she's coming out of the circle which I thought the change could have been made earlier to bring Maya on just to change what the Australian defenders had to think about so for Grace I mean we forget she's so young she's only 20 and and you're right she's still on that development she's trying to add that to her game and I mean I take my hat off to her for trying it against the Diamonds and to see what that's like. So I think it'll be a work on for the Ferns. Or if they do need a moving circle, I think the coaches need to make that change earlier to put Meyer on. The other change that I really liked in Test 2 that we didn't see last night was moving Kate Heffernan into centre um, because she's she's a very good defensive player and the ease with which the ball was going through midcourt getting into the circle for Australia, that needed that, that, that leak in the dam had to be stopped and I thought they could have done something like that. Do you think the Ferns did enough to address the ease of passage of Australia ball? No, absolutely not. And I spoke to Norma Plummer last night and she just said, the Ferns defenders, they need to try something different. And I love Kate Heffernan at centre. So I would have, and I liked in Test 2 where she was centre, you had Johnson, Karika all out the front of the circle. So I would have loved to see that. And even put Whitney Sooners back to wing attack. Mm. And just to see what that could have done. I mean, it probably was an opportunity to try it last night. But yeah, you're right. I like Kate Heffernan because she is such a defensive player. And when she's in the middle of the court, she has that ability to go hunting or help the defensive. Plus, she's very tall for a centre, which also helps to block the vision of the Australians. So, I mean, Staff, you you could have maybe made some coaching decisions last night because I agree with you. I would love, I like seeing Kate in centre. I know Knowles likes her at wing defence, but I would have loved to see her once she went uh, to the sideline to come back on in that centre bib and just to, I think, bulk up our defensive end. Because Whitney, 
she is such good attacking wise I would have just shifted her down and just made our defence uh, what it was like in Test 2 Talking to Courtney Tyree, former Silver Fern herself out of Australia. We're building up towards the fourth test. Uh, finally, Courtney, the, the shots of the bench when we were seeing Dame Nolene and we were seeing Yvette and the other coaching staff, they didn't look too perturbed when they were down by 10 or more. Um, and I'm like, is everything about building to the World Cup now? I still think, and Dame also last night, they're here to win the Cup. They know that they're building to the World Cup next year, but their job on the ground here is to win the Constellation Cup. And you're right, I looked at the bench a few times and I did think the same. But then I can tell you after the match, I think too, when we were about 10 down, I think they thought we can still get in this and we're still getting enough ball. Uh, And then after the match, I can just tell you that Noel's her, I could just see her brain ticking over. (laughs) She was going back through it. Almost felt like every single play and she was just, I could already tell she was thinking about the next test and what they need to do. And she said, you know, we've got, we do have a lot of work to do because she said the work that Australia did between test two and test three to come out like that, she said, that's what we now need to do for test four. Um, So I think, no, she's definitely said they're here to win. And whilst I guess they are obviously building to a World Cup, their, their first job is to win here. And I think if Knowles can get all the players firing, they can do it. And then for the players too, because we have such great depth in the squad, the players, there's such good competition amongst the Silver Ferns. The players know that they're playing for World Cup spots at the moment. So that should be extra push, extra drive, especially for Test 4. Brilliant, Courtney. Thanks for chatting to us today. Looking forward to the fourth Test. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Courtney Tidy out of Australia. We'll come back. A text from Mark on the back of that netball chat saying the Aussie girls bullied our girls. We need to be a lot more aggressive. They, they were fantastic. Um, aggressive. It actually got quite tetchy there for a while. And I thought there might be some uh, official warning. That's not a warning. Next time you'll sit down. Um, great stuff. Uh, loving the show, fellas. Can't ring as I'm at work from Dave, from Nelson. But my US team is the Yankees passing through New York a few years ago and I made it to a game. Judge hit a grand slam so I've been a fan ever since. Uh, Just about to kick off versus Houston. Houston. Uh, Staffy, my number one will never waver from this. North Carolina Tar Heels basketball and then Daylight second. NBA team is the Grizzlies and any team Tipenet is in. Stephen Adams soft spots for Pop and TD Spurs, Larry Celtics, Larry Fitzgerald, Lawrence Taylor and the Red Sox just can't stand the Lakers. Memphis from Rotorua. It's news time, here's Johnny. some tunes. We're getting some tunes now. The Captain K, Sammy H Tune Bank keeps wheeling them out. Uh, Some text messages here. Whoops! From Pete. I support the Celtics. I grew up in that golden era. Celtics, Lakers, Larry Bird was a genius. 
San Francisco 49ers, Joey Montana, Jerry Rice, Ricky Ellison. I have a soft spot for the Florida Marlins in baseball. Are they even still around? Yes, they are. Ice hockey. I don't watch a lot, but the Red Wings are my team. Would the Red Wings be... Sam, are the Red Wings the the Man United Yankees of hockey? No, no, no. Uh, who's, who's, the, who's the popularist NHL team? Edmonton. Um, oh, who's, who is it? Toronto, maybe, but they haven't won a title in like fifty years. So NHL haven't got a haven't got a bandwagon team. Not, not really, no. Not um, maybe the Blackhawks. There was a period where it was Blackhawks and LA Kings, and everyone walked around in Blackhawks and LA Kings. I've gear. got Blackhawks gear. Yeah, everyone did that for ages. So that that would sort of be your most recent example. But the, the Red Wings were for a period there for sure. Mm. Montreal Canadiens have won a stack of titles. The Bruins would be up there as a team that people you know jump on. But I'm interested, just if I could ask you like three questions and I'll, do, I'll work out who your NHL team is. Okay. Or, or actually, I just want you to tell me what you sort of like in a sports team. Okay. What, are you, what are your favour? Okay. Oh, that's the first question. Yeah, yeah. What are you... What are you... I like... Um, I'm attracted to uh, smaller teams. So, okay. Botiki, yep. not from... Not from New York or LA, so I like that's right. why I like the Green Bay story. But I'm not a Packers fan, but Buffalo, you mm-hmm, know, that, mm-hmm. those sorts of teams. So a little bit um, cottagey. I like that. Fulham. Yeah, know, yeah, I love that. that I love that, it. Yeah, so, so lesser team. That, that's one of yep. them. Smaller market. Um, I like a a star player that's come from somewhere big, and he's going. You know what? I'm going to go and help that team. Oh, nice. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, so a star like, player going to a minnow. Yep, going to nice. a minnow. Okay. And I like a like a community based uh, family and uh, a, a community based sort of owner slash coach that love the people and love the fans and they're not there solely to win they're there to make an imprint and a legacy about goodness. Mm, that's gonna be hard to find, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take your first two points. So we're looking for a small sort of community based team that has a big name that that's loyal. Yes. That's probably a good you know that's loyal and is and there. they're like oh my god. Um, John Smith's coming to our team. This is going to be me. And he arrives and goes, I am now you. And would it be fair to say that you also want a team that hasn't sort of won recently, maybe? We've just asked Casey to come into the studio. Right? She's standing outside the studio giving me thumbs down for my analysis here. So she, she's just not enjoying that I like small That's teams. That's because she's a St. Louis Blues fan. And, oh, okay. um, yeah, everyone hates the Blues. So. <laughs> She'll come charging in shortly. So, okay, they beat so the Bruins we'll, in 2019. So don't with want to my talk about. first two directions... Where am I going? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have to have a little bit of a look, I think, because I'm trying to think of – I can think of a number of small teams, but they don't have the sort of star power that you're talking about. Mm. Um, I mean, the Buffalo Sabres, you know, that's, there is right. a Buffalo team. Yeah, so maybe I should stick with that. You yeah, know, stick with one, one team. But the then Sabres. again, can I ask you about, I guess, a name, Monica, mascot? What are your favour there? Do you, are you like animals? Do you like – sort of weird things. So I like mascots that aren't just there to wear a silly costume and get the crowd to chant defence. I just, I want a mascot with personality. I want a mascot with a bit of spunk, a bit of kaha, a bit of meaning. Uh, You know, they're just not, oh, we're the Houston Buffaloes and I'm dressed as a buffalo and that's it. Well, that's moved me a little bit towards, what about the Philadelphia Flyers? Uh, I used to be a Rolling Stone, you know. Because um, their, their mascot, Gritty, I don't know if you've heard about Gritty. Gritty. Yeah, Gritty. And he's gone very famous because he's no one even knows what he is. He's basically just a big orange cookie monster. And 
um, he's got like wobbly eyes and he's gone famous because when he first came in he did a bunch of really funny stunts like all over the US and and went viral as a mascot so um, he's he's sort of when you're talking mascot tiers he's your sort of A tier well you see I this might be, sound really petty but that's fine the name Flyers doesn't grab me okay um, as much as Sabres quite like that word Sabres do you know <laughs> It's, they, they won the title last year, but let me just float it with you. Colorado Avalanche, mm. right? Um, that Colorado, it's sort of a, it's not a big market, not a massive market. It is a very hockey market, but it's not a massive market. <laughs> I like Colorado. Yeah, they won the title last year. They've got some great players. Nathan McKinnon, who has been very loyal. <laughs> Case, Casey not, is hovering. Well, you want to come in or not? You want to come and defend yourself or not? She's too scared to come in. Nathan McKinnon, right? Very, very good hockey player. He stayed there. Mm. Could have gone elsewhere. One of the fastest skaters in the NHL. He stuck around. You're kidding me. Yeah, and they won the title last year. Um, yeah, very good community vibe. I reckon the Avalanche could be on this, but but one recently, so that might. I've got deter two you. two very good friends that live in Colorado as well. I'm just having another quick look through. There's there's some terrible teams in the NHL. I must say, uh, Minnesota Wild, but they don't really have a star player. Um, yeah, I, I think it's sort of Colorado or, and it pains me to say this, but St. Louis isn't a bad shout as well in terms of what they've gone through as a club and an organisation as a team. They just don't have the star player. Well, I don't need for. a star player, but I'm attracted to a star player who could get more money elsewhere, but he says, no, I'm coming here, I'm staying here. That sort of player. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just think about a couple of teams, right? I know we've got to take a break and get to Jacqueline. I'm going to take I'm going to, and what I might do as well is find, you can find those quizzes online and I'm just going to go through one of those with you. Oh, okay. And we'll single it down. All right. We'll get it down. Oh, we'll I'm find you a team, mate. We'll find you a team. Find us a team. Remember to text your votes through. Uh, for our first bracket of the um, uh, the GWE Top of TV character Jamboree. And uh, the bracket that we're looking for is, oh, the names have escaped me, Sam. Here it is. I've found it. We've got Mr Bean versus Olivia Pope. Text that through as your favourite TV character. And the other one we need off you is somewhere else that I can't find. Tony Soprano versus... Sam, help me. Tony Soprano, Annalise Keating. Get those texts through, Double eight, double three. That is the Temper Bed Post text machine. We're going to take a break. On the other side of this, very interesting chat coming up with Jacqueline Coma, founder of Areto Labs. They've done a study into online abuse of athletes through social media, uh, media etc. Fascinating, disturbing, alarming. Jacqueline, after the break. Something a bit different now, and it's in a space that I spend a lot of time on is social media, particularly Twitter for me, but there's a group called Areto Labs, and they've uh, done a report uh, surrounding online abuse, and it's fascinating. I've read the report, so joining us from Areto Labs is Jacqueline Comart. G'day, Jacqueline. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. Uh, fascinating report. I found myself reading going, wow, and really, and oh my God, uh, but uh, we'll talk about that. But who and why this report? Um, great question. So who? I worked uh, with an organization called Team Heroin that is led by Rebecca Soden, who used to be a, uh, is it Blackburn, Whiteburn? Yep. She was a footballer yep. uh, for, for New Zealand. And she has a, she has a company uh, in Europe that she's working to build the uh, marketing and sponsorship um ecosystem around women's sports uh 
And we worked together with her to build out this report. What we did was we tracked online abuse at the 2022 Wimbledon Championships and the UEFA Women's Euro 2022. Yeah, I saw that you targeted Wimbledon, and I thought why. But the the, the well, my my supposition is like it's widespread across all sports, and and you've gone. Let's just sample one, and you can contain it and get really accurate reporting. Is that why you targeted Wimbledon? Yeah, Wimbledon. I mean, tennis is a really interesting sport in as much as you know, rather than team sports with uh, with tennis, you have one person representing an entire, I guess, team or brand. And so it's really interesting to track um, tennis players for online abuse and then compare that to team stats because the, the persona of an individual tennis player is often greater than the, the um, persona of a team. And so it's interesting just to compare those stats as well as, you know, Wimbledon is a massive tournament. I think this year it was the most attended tournament in 140-something uh, years, and it also set a streaming record. So it made sense that this was there was something in the air that this was a good one to look at. And dare I say, it may have set a record for abuse as well, because I was amazed. In fact, not amazed. I was disturbed at what I read in your um, report, which I guess was you know bringing to light something we talk about online abuse, and there's that throwaway line of keyboard warriors. I see it on the daily on Twitter, whether it's against politicians, sports people, actors, singers, the whole lot. They just absolutely cop it what what are the forms of abuse that you categorized um so we we look at general abuse so things around insults um but we also start to look at you know breaking down uh the types of abuse uh apart from insults including identity attacks so identity attacks include racism sexism any sort of lg anti uh, lgbtq sentiment um, we look at threats as well. Threats is really important for you to be able to identify online because, you know, threats online can turn into threats offline as well. And then also any sort of sexually explicit language uh, directed at any of the athletes and teams as well. Why is it a growing thing, Jacqueline? Why is it so prevalent and just seems to be growing? Is it is it the anonymity of the people that are uh, perpetrating this um, this abuse? Uh, I mean, great question. I, I mean, I don't even know if it's, if it's growing. I don't know if that's accurate. Um, we've been tracking for a few years, and it just seems to be just what, what happens. Like, I, I wouldn't say that it's increasing. I think we're learning a lot more, and we're actually recognizing that it is an issue. I think, you know, years ago, you could yell at people online, and nobody really realized that it was an issue. But with athletes like Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka, um, speaking out last year and dropping out of um, their big events to say, actually, I need to take care of my mental health. And a lot of that has to do with the abuse that they receive uh, on social media, that that actually has raised awareness. So it's one of those things that's been happening for a long time and we just didn't realize. And what's interesting is that your reaction to the numbers is always the reaction that we get. They don't phase me anymore. Like it takes quite a bit to phase me and wow, that is a lot. Um, but the numbers that we saw were not surprising in terms of the volume. I think what's interesting is, you know, that the types of abuse that different groups get. Uh, but the volumes are big, uh, and it's always a shocking number when people uh, first see it. And that's when they start to realize, oh, okay, you know, I, I might see one awful comment online every day. Or, you know, there's a, especially on Twitter, 
um, there's a thread that I'm in that, you know, I can see all this awful stuff, but that's sort of it. But once you start to see the numbers in the hundreds of thousands, um, then that's when it really hits home that it's okay. It's actually a massive, it is a massive issue. Who is, who are the, and I say popular, that's usually used in a positive way, but who who are the ones that are attacked the most? Is it the big personalities? Is it the winners? Is it the losers of, of competition? Who are the main targets? Um, I mean, it's sort of mocked to a flame uh, quite often. So the bigger the... Um the bigger the spotlight, uh, the the more moss, uh, the more abuse you will get. Um, but it, it really just depends on what's happening in a match. I think in the Euros, uh, the men's Euros last summer, um, some of the uh, some of the English players that missed some penalty shots, they were not there. Their standing normally is not, you know, a massive. Uh, I think they have massive following. Um, I'm thinking about Marcus Rashford, uh, for example. Um, but because he missed a shot, uh, then, you know, there was a, a real incident that happened on the field that then translated to online um, that people jumped on. So sometimes that happens. Um, I think the higher, your, the, the higher your stature, the more you're going to get. Um, and I think that's actually where, where some of the biggest concern is when we look at, you know, the rise of women's sport, um, that, you know, as as women, uh, women's sport uh, becomes more popular, more people are betting on uh, women's sports and are caring about it and are, you know, have that emotional attachment, the more online abuse we're going to see. And the types of online abuse that women uh, uh, athletes receive is slightly different from the type that men athletes receive. Yeah, I wanted to explore that, like both mm-hmm. the, the, the numbers of men athletes, the numbers of women athletes, and also what the abuse contains towards those uh, those two groups of men and woman. How, woman, how much do they differ? Um, so they, they differ? They differ quite a bit. I mean, volumes, what we found, especially in Wimbledon, was the volume of, um, of abuse towards the men athletes was much higher than the, the women athletes. Uh, there's lots of drama that goes on. Um, I'm trying to think of the tennis player's name who always attracts from Australia. Nick Kyrgios. Uh, who, who, that's it. Uh, he made it all the way to the finals, and the, the abuse followed him as well um, because he is, you know, sort of a, a sassy, a sassy player. We'll say. Yeah. Um, definitely, the volume was higher uh, for the men, but um, for women, it was three and a half times more identity attacks uh, compared to. The, the men athletes and so you know while while the volume was you know more you know insult and that sort of thing just general you know abuse of you know you suck yeah. uh things like or things way worse than that uh, we wouldn't flag that um but that for the women athletes they received like the proportion of identity attacks that they received was much higher um between two and three times higher have you been able to um, get an audience or get a response from the abusers to find out why they do it and how long they've been doing it. Have you been able to profile the abusers? Um, we we don't look at that. We do. We are able to track and analyze how often people are are posting things like that. So we can we can analyze and you know be able to help people report on trolls uh, and coordinated attacks and whether something is a bot account or not. Uh, we don't do deep dives into um, who 
who the trolls are and, you know, understanding why they do what they do. But there are organizations out there that do that. We are, we're, we are talking with an organization in the UK called Kick It Out. Uh, and they're, they're a really interesting organization that actually helps to, um, to, I guess, um, I'm trying to think what the word is. Uh, they, they help, um, people who have been charged with trolling, um, to actually come back to, uh, safer online spaces and learn how to learn about what they've done and how they can actually improve the way that they communicate. So there are our organizations that really focus on that at Pareto Labs. We really focus on, you know, identifying what the abuse is and then helping organizations moderate that. So just get rid of it uh, so they don't have to see it and then be able to counteract and make their communities more positive and inclusive. And then as well as be able to report, uh, any of the really, really awful stuff to the authorities. One of your taglines on the website was turning lemons into lemonade. And what resonated with me on that was, I remember talking to very high profile all black, um, Adi Savia, and he was copping abuse. And he said whenever he copped abuse, um, he would quite often reply to that person and just say, like, hey, mate, I hope everything's okay. You know, that message is really hurtful. Is there anything I can do to help? Um, that's quite a nice way to approach it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we are playing around with uh, ways to be able to do that. Um, there are risks involved when you, um, when you engage with somebody who has sent you something horrible. And so um, we're working uh, with our data and with some of our partners to figure out what, what types of comments feel safer. Um, we, we are able to now detect uh, microaggressions. And so microaggressions, we've learned, are sort of a, gate, a gateway, uh, gateway abuse, uh, so to speak, to be somebody becoming a troll. So if you start with a microaggression, like, uh, you know, if there's a, a women's, okay, women's rugby is on right now, the World Cup. So we might see comments like, um, you know, these women should play against my 10-year-old boys team and see what real rugby is all about. That happens all the time for women's sports. That is just one of the regular things that you see. There's a bunch of men who share that very same sentiment across sports. So people like that can, like that, those are kind of warning signals that, you know, if we can talk to people and turn them around then and respond to those comments that are, you know, just a little bit annoying, they're definitely, you know, for that example, definitely sexist. Um, but that's a really great opportunity to respond and maybe educate. Um, once you get to someone who's a horrible troll who, you know, could very well, um, you know, have a, have, um, a group of people out, uh, out there trying to attack you, uh, or, you know, there are risks of doxing, um, and other things that if you really poke the bear that there are like physical real life dangers involved. So, um, we're working to figure out where, where, where's the threshold of being able to turn those lemons into lemonade and be able to um, create, sort of raise the, raise the floor a little bit in terms of the, um, the level of, um, of dialect, not dialect, what's the word, uh, the, the level of conversation within a certain online community. We're talking to Jacqueline Comer. She's from Areto Labs. They've done a wonderful report, a disturbing report. I always celebrate it, but I think it's a necessary thing. One thing that um, like semi-concerned me, and I'm not judging you, but you said at the start the numbers didn't surprise you. You've almost become desensitized to it. Is that 
a portal into how we are all going to be as it just seems to be part of the the daily conversation on social media that will become desensitized to it um i mean i i think we you're absolutely yes i think we are there right now we do accept that you know seeing somebody you know if we don't agree with them we kind of get excited when we see somebody comment uh, to them and you know not be very nice it, it sort of makes us feel good because yeah we agree too I think we've all like just become desensitized to the whole thing um, which we're now starting to learn uh, is actually causing damage to people's mental health I think when we're thinking about uh, from a sporting perspective online abuse does have an effect on players mental health and performance and when you think about players mental health and performance you're thinking about like how much money are other are organizations spending on on that team and that athlete for their own uh, own good of their own company? And if somebody's not performing on the field because they're being abused online, then the trickle down effect of that is is pretty massive in terms of you know TV rights. Are people going to you know keep turning it tuning into this team if they're not performing? Um, are uh, are you going to be able to attract players? To this team in the future um if they're not performing and there's so many things that you know this one awful comment on social media and it's not it's thousands uh does actually impact uh the performance and so we can i i don't think we cared enough about it i don't think that we knew enough about it but now like it's, you saw the numbers like it's it's real and it's bad um, and there are ways that we can together, I think, as a society, agree that we don't think it's okay and start doing something about it. Um, I'm pretty sure you've made this report available to the public. How can they have a look at it? And I will encourage people to go and have a look because I'm sure you'll be surprised and disturbed as me. How can they find it? Um, they can go on the Areto Labs website. That's A-R-E-T-O-L-A-B-S. And it's on the, our uh, our homepage. You'll be able to find it on there. Brilliant, Jacqueline. I, I thank you very much for finding some time to talk to us today. It's a very real situation that is part of our society now, one I don't like and um, one I hope gets better. But we're a long way to go. But at least these companies like you trying to address it, bringing these, uh, bringing these numbers to light, and then we can get moving on it. Um, as I say, Jacqueline, uh, fantastic job that you and Aretha Labs have done. In the interim, with this report, uh, we thank you for it, and I encourage everyone to read it. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. Live from the SENZ studios in Auckland, this is the GWE Top of TV character, Jamboree. Well, we're in the wow. midst of the first well, round. Yeah, we, we certainly are. The certainly are. We have some results, Steph. The top you. two seeds. The top two seeds are in action and, on day one. And your prediction was they would go through untroubled. Has that been the case? Captain K's got the results on hand. Captain K, let's start with the East. Tony Soprano. Just putting away the sweat towel. I was absolutely under the pump there. Uh, overwhelming results. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we'll start it off. Tony Soprano, mm. I think we all knew he'd get through. Tony Soprano has taken it out by a lead of 35 votes. Wow, there you go. Wow. That's uh, Instagram and text combined, Steph. Uh, so Tony Soprano will be going through to the second round. Annalise Keaton with a first round exit. 
Um, but good to see you make the playoffs. Good to see you make the playoffs. And First that, time in and the playoffs. When she spoke before the tournament, she said, just happy to be here. Mm. Um, next year, it's about improvement. But for now, we're just stoked to get an opportunity and uh, going up against a, a legacy like and Soprano. The great thing is she does have two first-round picks in the next draft. So Correct. she'll be all right. I expect to see her come back next year. And another thing as well, I mean, Tony Soprano, that is, uh, that's an that's an ageing team. Um, they might not be there next year, staff. You know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas man. Keating, uh, you know, number of seasons. Uh, left. Some saying some in production. Mm. So we'll see. Uh, and in the West, we had uh, Mr. Bean going up against Olivia Pope once again. A battle between the old guard and the new. How did it pan out, Kez? Well, I was uh, very impressed by the way Bean uh, drafted over the offseason, and it looks like the punters were too. Mr. Bean taking it out by an even more exciting 40-point lead. Wow. wow. That is a, that that is is a blowout. That's a panting. Get hey, the broom. Have, have the crowds been turning up? Um, you generally get low numbers um, at the beginning of the tournament staff, especially with a matchup like that, where it's you'd say clear cut expectation. But I tell yeah. you what, there's some other matchups in this first round that I think you're going to get a sellout. Right, and hit us with the next two. Very evenly matched. Okay, let's go back to the Eastern Conference, and we go to the number three seed in this year's competition. It is the one and only. He's been around for well, they've been around for a long time. Staff, they just won't go away. It's Basil Faulty. Oh, the yes. third seed in the East going up against the 30th seed and some would say it doesn't deserve to be there Denny Crane from oh, Boston Legal controversial Johnny Mack won't like that you saying that neither will Lee Piper no. um, perhaps that's why I said it <laughs> so uh, Faulty v Crane in uh, game two of the Eastern Conference and game two of the Western Conference it's a fan favourite staff he never wins competitions but the fans love him and they'll show up to support him it's Al Bundy mm. The fourth seed going up against, some might say an unknown entity, but rated highly, Omar Little from The Wire. The Wire ranked as one of the best TV shows of all time, and Omar, one of the star performers of that show. I see see this as a battle between mm. the streaming generation and the terrestrial generation. Well, I can tell you on Instagram, the early result has the two favourites already out in front, uh, Basil and Al Bundy, but... Can the Texas turn it around, Steph? That's they the big question we've we ask ourselves. We we've have. seen it before. Yeah. Uh, big groundswell, <laughs> boom, boom, of support <laughs> comes in on the text messages. So double eight double three is the Tampa Bear Post text machine. <sighs> Some big names there. Some big, big names there. Who do you want to see go through to the next round? This is the Wee Top of TV, Character Jamboree. It's good times. So um, t- top two seeds are through. As expected, uh, I think from memory, from memory, uh, there was a twenty-seven and a half point start and a thirty-two and a half point start, and the the favourites buried those. You know, the dollar one unbackable favourite. So um, interesting times. Gwe top of TV character Jamboree, get those texts through on double eight double three. Gwe double eight double three. Temper Bear Post text machine. We're going to be talking very shortly. In fact, let's talk to him now, the great man from the TAB, Brendan Popperwell. Uh, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Steffi. Yes, a uh, bit of sport to look forward to, isn't there, over the weekend? Um, Almost too much. Almost too much. Yeah, there is so much. Oh, it's just Still like not. a lucky dip and every prize is a winner. It is. There's no silly season now, is there? 
No. That doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist. Where do we go? Do we go oval ball first, NPC final? We'll be talking to Tony Johnson in about 45 minutes for his preview of the NPC. And there's arguments to be made for both sides. Who's winning the financial argument according to the punters? Wellington. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you that quite quite easily. In fact, Steph, 70% of our money stacked on Wellington in the match result market uh, currently. So that this is a, a good push towards them. And look, I'm not surprised too that, that we are seeing this money. They are the outsiders and pundits believe that that's value uh, in their eyes. So the 235 is where they sit uh, in the match result. Canterbury 160 uh, and the draw at $18. So Canterbury were always going to be around this price. You could, you could have worked that out with they made the final with where they were sitting in the outright markets uh, for the last couple of weeks where they were in that $1.80 mark. So yeah, Wellington are taking support with uh, their price attractive to punters. Yeah, our best bet so far we've seen is, in fact, around Wellington 1 to 12. Uh, we've seen 1500 on that option at $3.70. And we've taken $2,000 on Wellington to win on a margin between 11 to 15 points uh, at $11. It's a small wow. increment you're working with there for a large spend. It is. It is a very small increment. What about the Rugby League World Cup? There's been some good matches. There's been some blowouts. What's attracting attention? Yeah, look, uh, look at this stage, the Rugby League World Cup. I mean, uh, look, the Australian-Scotland game coming up is, is a match on Saturday where we're seeing a lot of push towards Australia here in, in the point start. Punters believe this might be a nice one to, to, to work into. And the point start, 62.5, you think that is. Uh, not enough points, uh, or is there enough points there for, for Scotland to say, hang on, they can they can hang in there. But uh, plus, uh, minus 62.5 for Australia at 187 has been where we've seen the best support uh, in that marketplace for the Rugby League World Cup. Uh, but, yeah, the other game I wanted to quickly touch on here, staff, was, uh, of course, New Zealand playing Jamaica. Uh, now, again, this is where we need to look towards that handicap, which is at 72.5, 72.5 points. What do you think in here, staff? I mean, 187, hunters, they're keen to go with the, the, the Kiwis over, over Jamaica on this one. I'm always scared when you're approaching a point a minute. No, I'm always yeah. scared when it gets close to that point a minute because if Jamaica score points, you need more than a point a minute. So um, will Jamaica score points? I don't know. Um, that's getting towards uh, head-scratching time for me. Um, it's not quite at 80, but if it got to 80, um, I'd say uh, no dice, no dice, or I'd even jump ship and go the Jamaicans and uh, get some cool runnings wedge on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no, it would be, be a good fun watch, and I'm sure those that are looking towards some tri-scorer markets and things like that will be maybe where you can get and get more of an idea of having a bet. That'll be later on uh, as we get closer. Uh, and, of course, the Women's uh, Rugby World Cup will take in $2,000 uh, on the Black Ferns to win 1-12 to 12, uh, at $8 uh, in that market. So that's an interesting one there mm. around... Uh, the Black Ferns against Scotland. Uh, Black Ferns, of course, unbackable in the in the head-to-head market, uh, but we've taken two thousand on them at eight dollars or a dollar oh four to win thirteen and over. Uh, so that's been our biggest bet in that match. And just quickly to the cricket two staff, ten thousand on Australia to beat uh, the Black Caps at a dollar forty-five uh, is where we've seen a lot of the money. Not a lot of faith in the Black Caps leading into this one. I must say. This has to be the lowest confidence I'm, I'm gaining from a lot of supporters out there heading into a major uh, ICC tournament for quite some time uh, around the Black Caps. 
Yeah, I was surprised at a dollar forty-five on Australia. I thought it might have been one thirty, uh, even one twenty-eight, somewhere around there. So I think I think one forty-five is quite good shopping for for a multi better, which I am and I took. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, thanks, pops. Always good chatting. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Steph. Brendan Popperwell. That is the TAB. You go to their website. You go to the app. Uh, all of those, mate. There are so many markets. What a weekend to get involved as well. They have sign-up bonuses. They have power plays. They have money back. They have miss They have a whole lot of things. Go to the Punters Lounge, tab.co.nz. Time for the vault. If you want to play the vault, geez, what are we up to, Sammy? 150. 150 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. If you can pick the piece of sporting audio that Sammy has locked away in the vault. 0800-150-811 is the number. Get your questions ready. You only get three today. I'll revisit three from previous days if you need them. 0800-150-811. Play the vault. Waiting for the music. Come on, Sammy. Look for it. It's there. Do we skip it? No. Three questions, one answer. Can you crack the vault? And I spoke over that three questions today. Just the three. Oh, I've left my pad with all of the other ones on there. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's out, out, in the, out in the main office. It's the little pad, Kez, and it might even be in the uh, edit suite. Um, anyway, joining us for the vault today is Ted from Hamilton. G'day, Ted. Hello, Ted. Oh, there, there he is. Just need to turn him up a little bit. Um, do you know how the vault works? Gee, Ted, you sound like you're calling in from Africa, mate. We can hardly hear you. Yeah. Is the Are mic- you on your Bluetooth? You got your volume down? <laughs> Have you turned it off and on again? <laughs> Has he got the internet? It sounds like, you know, um, Rob Brydon does that man in a box impression? Little man in a box? <laughs> Oh, there we go. There we go. That's a bit louder. There, there, that. there we That's go. Better. Okay. That's better. Right. So you know how it works? Yep. Yep. I've got an idea. Oh, okay. You've got an you idea been, of the answer. Have you been listening the last two days? Uh, was, it, was it on yesterday? I don't think I heard it yesterday. No, nah, it wasn't on yesterday. We had the chase yesterday. Oh, yeah. The day before. Yeah. day before. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it the day before. All right. Um, so here's how it goes. Okay. Wow. Three questions, and uh, we've still got a lot of information out there lurking out in space, Steph, but um, Ted thinks he's got a bit of an idea. So three questions, Ted, and how many can we ask of you, Steph? You can ask me two from day one and one from day two if you need them. Right. Okay. So shall I spiral away? You can fire yeah, you, away. Yeah, whatever order you like, mate. Okay, so my first question is, um, did New Zealand win the game? Oh, it's a great question. That's a good question. No. Oh, did New Zealand win? No. I'm just writing this down on the official vault uh, catalogue. Did New Zealand win? No. Two more. Did New Zealand lose away from home? Mm. No. Oh. Oh. We're getting close now. I feel like you got one more question and then a guess and $150 TAB bonus bet's yours, Ted. I'm excited for you. Uh, was the game played in the North Island? Yes, it was. Oh, jeepers. 
I don't know what it is. I feel like Ted might. Ted, that's your three questions. Um, you didn't need any help from staff, so you can have a guess, mate. We can punch the numbers into the into the vault combination and see if you come out a winner. What do you think? John Eels kicking the last minute penalty in the 2000 yeah, game in Trustpec Stadium, I think it was. Westpac Stadium, yeah. John Eels Westpac kicking Trust. their winning kick against the All Blacks for the Warabies at Westpac Stadium, Sam. Put that in the vault. Just before I do put the combination in, you know, we've obviously got to triple check this is what you want to put in, Ted, because, you know, if it doesn't open, we go to $200 tomorrow. Did you come into today with that in your head, or have you got there through the answers? Uh, through the answers. Oh, okay, Steph. So it's very astute man. Ted, I'm going to punch that into the vault combination. Let's see if we've got ourselves a winner. Just turn that there. A little thing. Oh. Steph. Tries to go past Cullen. Oh, there, there's the penalty. There's the penalty. Yes. I just wonder what the referee's decision was on the penalty. However, it's history now. How about this for stepping up to the mark? John Eels is going to take the kick himself. Well, he has to because Sterling Mortlock's off the field. And I guess he's the only other goal kicker, recognised goal kicker. Well done, Ted. He's cracked the vault, Steph. 150 TAB bonus bet for you, Ted. That was that was very astute. For have you done private investigating work before in a previous life? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. No. I don't think Ted's do real name. I do a lot of analysis work. So. Good on you, Ted. You hold on there, and we'll come back in a mo. Yes, welcome back in afternoons uh, in association with Galt. Uh, fueling your mission. All year round, and they've got their big special on today till midday. Someone's just said, Steph, do you know why they've abandoned Winger Tui after race one? I actually don't. I've tried to find out. Uh, it was well, it was due to the state of the track, but I remember seeing a, a thing on Twitter yesterday with the track manager saying the track was in good condition, predicting a good four or a soft five. I think it lined up as a soft five, but abandoned after one race. So that's all I can tell you. State of the track. I've answered your question, but I can't tell you what was wrong with the track just the state of the track, uh, Brian. It's all I got. That is all I got. In the next hour, we're going to talk to Tony Johnson, and Sam's going to put me through an online quiz to find out who my favourite hockey team should be. But it's news time. song play after the news a little bit longer than 10 seconds you know I like it I dig it if I cut it off I don't <laughs> I let that one play I did let that one play a lot of votes coming in on the Tampa Bear Post text machine for um, the latest round 
the latest round of the G We Top of TV character Jamboree. TV characters, your favourites. We want to know who they are. Well, we know who you've picked. Now you've got to vote. You actually have to vote. So the current bracket that is being uh, whittled down now, we have Basil Fawlty versus Denny Crane. That's the first matchup. So you text in Fawlty or Crane. And the other one, which is going to be decided very soon, Al Bundy versus Omar Little. Bundy or Little. So text those through, double eight, double three, and we're going to get our grandstand New Zealand favourite all-time TV character. This is the GWE Top TV character Jamboree. Um, had some good luck. We had some good luck last week. Some good skill, actually, from Sammy and his greyhound picking. Let's find out what he's going to do this week. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, pacing for purpose, season two. Now, we've got a bit of a total here, Staff, and I'm not sure if this is the harness and the dogs combined, but we are currently leading whatever tally it is. <laughs> so uh, afternoons are well in, well in front with drive, uh, or sorry, the run home just in behind, and then Brecky and mornings with Smithy um, just, just tailing at the back there. Filling so, out the top four. Yep. So um, for our harness horse this week, and uh, so did both come in last week? I think, yes, both came in. Someone sent you through a congratulatory text and took both of them. And I think the Greyhound was paying about $12. Something 14. Like that. $14. Yeah, 14. Yeah. That's why we're out in front. So uh, let's start uh, with the harness. Let's go to Invercargill. What day, please? Sunday. Sunday. Yep, Sunday, oh, Funday. Uh, you like taking the ones that are way out in advance. Yeah, like something to look forward to and, over the weekend. And the odds won't be available, I'd imagine. Anyway, race number? Eight. You know what I'm looking straight away for is the Williamson-Williamson combination. There's a Williamson-Brinston. Uh, this one, get up and dance. What, what, what's so good about that one? Trained by Nathan Williamson, driven by Nathan Williamson. Picked by Sam Hewitt. <laughs> <laughs> get up and dance. That's our horse this week, Steph. Uh, won well in the last start, I think, and, uh, and looks a decent chance of going back to back. You're not uh, concerned about the 15-metre mark? Nah, she's a lethal sprinter, so... Um, as long as the tracks, you know, what are we talking? Hard six. Oh, and, the, and the and the incredible thing is, like, even though once they're gelded, they don't become she's. So it's still a he, but a well, gelded. I mean, he. look, if you want to be, you know, um, horse phobic and <laughs> uh, and start picking things like that, then now you- did you know that the sire? Rock and roll heaven yeah. could well be the sire of the New Zealand Cup favourite rock and roll do. Is it actually? I don't know. Oh well, maybe it is. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, me and you both jumped on that. Now, um, paying two seventy. Is it a, is it a soft three or a hard six? Just want to know. Oh, same, same, same. Or is it a medium? Is it a medium four? <laughs> this is at Invercargill. Now, is that an all weather track or is it a grass track? It's Sam? synthetic. It's synthetic. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it depends what sort of grass we're talking about, but is it... Well, I'm asking you, th- you. Well, no, I would. I just want to know what you think it is. Just, you know, I'll, I'll let you know whether you're right or wrong. The Invercargill harness track? Yeah. I think it's all weather. I'm not 100% actually. Yeah, no, I, I, think, know I, think you're right. I think you're right there, all weather. Like the loam. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. They race on loam. Um, is that type of grass, is it? No, it's like <laughs> busted up pumice. Oh yeah, good for the feet. Great yeah, for the like feet. Alex yeah. Park. Actually, you're obviously sometimes Eddington. late night on a Friday, you'll see people just just walking across it just to, you know, get rid of the dead skin. Yeah. yeah, get rid of the dead skin. So um, okay, so two seventy for that one. Let's hope get up and dances and dead weight on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Race eight, number seven. Uh, and uh, look, I'll just uh, play a little jingle for our greyhound. It's and the you can great sing along. greyhound racing New Zealand charity run. 
Okay, and, what uh, day? Today. Ooh, has it been? Race eight at Cambridge. I doubt it has, but it might be. It's just run. Has it actually? It's just oh, run. Oh, hot off the press. Cambridge off the race press. eight. Now, now, don't look up the results. I know. How do we approach this, though? How do so we? I don't, it's just closed, so I'm going to try and guess what you've taken. Is it on now? Is it literally on now? It's just run. Don't look up anything because the, I've just clicked race eight. Gee whiz. What have you gone for? Oh, hang on. I'll go further down. Here we go. Uh, oh. Race eight at Cambridge. There's one that's won five in a row. Oh, dear. There's one that's, oh, that's a, it's a field full of form. I have no idea what you've taken here. Do so you what, have the winners in front of you? No, I've got the field. I went past Do you the, want me to tell you who we've got and then we'll go and see if they've won? No, I, I scrolled the results on this page, but I scrolled to the bottom and didn't look at it because I've gone down to the field. So do you want me to tell you who we've got? Yes. Or do you want to tell me who's won and then I'll tell you if that's who we've got? No, I want you to tell me who we've got. George's girl. That was the red hot favourite. Oh dear. Dollar twenty five, I think, or dollar twenty. So now scroll to the top. It won Sam here. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to get some uh some <laughs> winner winner. Uh, we'll take it. So um Jeez, that's good. That's three out of three, the last three, and then we just got them a cargo and it's two seventy, could be so four. What do we win about ten bucks then? Yes, Is it a bonus bet or a real bet? It's a bonus bet. It's about ten fifteen. It's paid a dollar thirty. Fifteen. Fifteen bucks. It's just increments. You play the long game, Steph. And play the long of game. Of course, our charity is Dave Latelli's BBM Butterbean Motivation. I would urge you to get yourself along to the SENZ app and have a listen to the chat they had with on breakfast. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast chatted to Dave Latelli this morning. Um, he is such a wonderful man. I've done a little bit of stuff with Dave. He's just so humble, selfless. Everything he does is for others, does very little for himself. Um, quite a moving chat, actually. So if you miss breakfast at some stage in the next we will go onto the SENZ app and go and find that Dave Latelli chat. He is a remarkable man, and we need more like him. And we can collectively be more like him. But what he does out in the communities is fantastic. He started off out west. He's gone down South Auckland. He's now got an operation running in Tokoroa. He's desperate to get funding from the government. And if he got it, he will go national. Like, quick as a flash. He's got everything in place. He set up his systems. He set up his programs. He's got a template. It works. It absolutely works. That's why we've chosen him, because I think he does remarkable work out there in the community. So Dave Latelli, your champion. Remember, his food bank, food bank got ram raided in Auckland. Um, $10,000 worth of food gone. So any money we can raise for the great man, that's why we've chosen his charity. Just after the 2.30 news, Sam's going to run through with me and find out, according to a, a very uh, thorough quiz, the NHL team that I should support. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. But after the break, we're going to catch up with Tony Johnson, of course. Canterbury and the Crusaders, they dominate rugby in New Zealand, although it's 2017 since Canterbury have won the NPC. But when they host the final, they are so hard to tip over. Um, I can see Frankie Mackay down in the Christchurch studio at the moment, big Cantab fan down there. Um, but they will be welcoming Wellington down. I give Wellington a huge chance. Uh, TJ, he'll be impartial. He'll be measured, and he's a wise, wise man when it comes to rugby. So his preview of the final, Tony Johnson, after the break. 
fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Here we go. Here we go. It is NPC finals time. Canterbury will be hosting Wellington. There's opinions out there. We heard from Brendan Popperwell from the TRB, and I always like to use that as a barometer of the public, which way they think they're going. And he's saying 70% of the money is on Wellington. And I think that's to do with recent form. They're on a bit of a tear. Really keen, as we do every Thursday, to talk to the voice of Sky Sport Rugby. He is Tony Johnson. He joins us now. TJ, welcome in. Hey, Staffy. Does that surprise you, 70%? I know it's just the betting public, not the, not the all of the rugby public, but I think it's a reasonable barometer of what people are thinking. Um, where are you thinking Wellington's strengths are going into this game, albeit away in Christchurch? Well, in terms of the betting, I mean, I've always sort of thought you, you have to temper it in the knowledge that uh, people, are, some of them are, are betting with their hearts a little bit. Yep. Uh, some are betting with their heads. Uh, they're all betting with their wallets, of course. Um, <laughs> but you know, how much of it is what they want to see happen? How much of it what they think they will see happen? But I think Wellington have a compelling case to go into this match with almost equal favouritism uh, on on their form, that they have had such a stupendous run. And what this has given them is momentum and it's given them confidence and there's a fearlessness about the way they're playing, which you've got to love. And I think it's exemplified in players like Ruben Love, um, you know, the fearless way he you know comes into the back line. Peter Luckey, you know, this kid's only 19 years old. The phenomenal impact that he's having. And I think with the, you know, the old stages that they've got around, led admirably by Duplessy, Kirifi, and some of those you know, guys like Dominic Bird, uh, Pitt Cowan, um, uh, Jackson Garden, Bishop, Julian Savia, who've been around for a long time. It's, just, it's such an, a compelling mix. So I can understand why people uh, see Wellington as a, as a great chance of winning this. But having said that, this is Canterbury. This is Canterbury on their, on their own track. Uh, in, in that dilapidated stadium of theirs, um, but it's still Canterbury at home. Uh, they have such a legacy, uh, such a proven record. They too are also on a bit of a winning run, and there's a ruthlessness about them. But to me, it all adds up to potentially one of the best finals we've seen in a long time. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? And it's um, it's fascinating because whenever you say Canterbury at home in a final, you just think that's not mission impossible, but maybe mission improbable. But I think Wellington have got the artillery as long as they don't have that mental hump. Yeah, uh, but I don't think they have. I, I just don't know that that comes into it. You know, it, it might depend on them making a good start. And, and you go back all those years to that class final in, in uh, 2000, which is still one of the best NPC finals that I can remember. I mean, there's a few of them that I've completely forgotten, I'd have to tell you. Mm. But but that one lives on in the memory. Um it, you know, partly because of the circumstances. I was chatting with Smithy earlier in the week and I was watching it with Richard Reid, a former, uh, you know, obviously New Zealand cricket, a friend of mine, Wellington man through and through. And I just remember he he, he was just about had a meltdown uh, towards the end of it. It was just so tense, but it was such an achievement. And, and I, you know, just got to hope that um, if you get a match like that. But the key to that game, I think, will be the key to this game. And that is starting well. And Wellington started well in that game. Uh, Jonah Lomu was just an incredible form, and he he ignited them, and they got the momentum early in the game, which meant they you know their form leading into that game just sort of carried on into the match, and and that 
really was was the story. And so I, I think Wellington have to do likewise. What they can't afford, they don't have to make a great start, but they can't afford to make a bad start. Key players for Canterbury for you, Tony, to, to get this victory. Well, obviously their forward pack. Uh, to be honest, it hasn't been quite as dominating uh, this year. It's still very good, but teams have challenged them at line-out time. Uh, they're re- very reliant at the moment, um, particularly on uh, young uh, Dominic Gardner. Uh, he, he seems to be there, um, and, and also Billy Harmon uh, seems to be the you know the two key guys at line-out time, um, and also the scrum. You know, they they threatened to, to, to dominate Bayer Pendy last week, but they, it didn't quite happen that way. Uh, so I, I think, uh, you know, that, that's obviously a key to them. If they get the set piece right, they'll look to control the game. What they do better than any other team, Staffy, is they control where the game is played on mm. the field. Uh, the kicking from nine, uh, you know, that last week, um, it, it, it was absolutely outstanding. Um, and, and so... Rather than kicking from from ten, which which a, a lot of teams uh, tend to do, and, and so I, I think that that might be the key. And of course, they'll probably have Mitch Drummond back in the mix as well. They've got that that really good one-two punch at halfback. So their ability to control where the game's played on the field, uh, the number of times they get into the opposition twenty-two in a game is is the best in the competition. And more often than not, they won't leave empty-handed. So. Somehow or other, um, Wellington have got to kind of negate that and be smart about the way they handle, you know, um, Canterbury's kicking game. I know you don't follow the Heartland as closely, but what a story, East Coast, TJ, to be hosting the Lahore Cup final, one o'clock in the afternoon. We can all enjoy it. Um, This is such a cool story. Well, mate, I, I'm, I'm a little bit... I mean, much as I'm looking forward to, to doing the final in Christchurch, um, unfortunately, that meant um, there was no chance of me. It's just physically impossible to get to uh, Ruatoria to do, the, um, to, the, to do that final, mm. which is a shame because I've done... I think I've done two finals and a semi-final there, and they've, they've won them all, too, East Coast. Um, but the one in 1999 still rates as one of the most memorable rugby occasions I've ever uh, been a part of. Uh, we had a big crew up there. It was a fantastic day. Uh, I remember we did have a designated driver, <laughs> uh, Gene Nisbet, I think it was, <laughs> memory serves. And, uh, and so he had to drink Coca-Cola, and we took six hours to get back to Gisborne. All I know is just one of the great days. Um, and, and and then there was the, uh, now, I think I'm right in saying it was the Meads Cup. Um, this might be going back ooh, 2015, something like that, uh, against Swanganui, and they did the haka at half time. Oh. And we were we had a couple of local boys doing uh, cabling for us. And the camera looked around at half time thinking, where are the cablers? And they were out in the middle of the field with about 200 other people doing this haka that, that kind of seemed to turn things around. And East Coast won that as well. So two absolutely memorable occasions there. And boy, uh, I, I, hope it's, I hope it's the same again this weekend. Yeah, it'll be memorable. It'll be memorable. Of course, South Canterbury um, hosting the other one. Uh, the Women's Rugby World Cup um, is steaming along. Uh, there's, there's a few imbalanced score lines that we're seeing, but we're getting, I think we've got one more round and then we hit quarter final stage. Who's impressing you, TJ? 
Well, first of all, I've got to say I love the way the New Zealand team is looking to play the game. Mm. Um, again, you use that word fearless, uh, that they have been given licence to thrill and they're playing an attacking style. They're playing the back lines up very flat. There's a, a lot of pick and go, which they're doing very effectively, but they're keeping the ball alive. They're offloading. And then they've got you know some sensational talent in, in, in the backs when you give the likes of uh, Portia Woodman uh, I mean, obviously, Ruby too is having a great game, but um, just, I mean, the whole back line um, really uh, are, are having their moments. So I, I, I do love the way the intent that they're playing with. Um, interesting thing, uh, just looking at the draw, I, I think New Zealand really need to kick on and, and have a good win against Scotland. If they can do that, they'll finish top seed, and that'll help them in terms of the draw. Uh, England didn't get the bonus. They had the toughest pull, obviously, having to play France. And and while they were, you know, very efficient, very, um, you know, controlled and, and, and the way they went about it, 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 it wasn't thrilling stuff, but it's very effective. And they, they remain the favourites. But, no, I, I, I think in terms of just the, the sheer positivity um, that New Zealand... Is, uh, is going great guns, but there's still, you know, still a fair bit to unfold in the final round because, we'll, we'll, you know, only then will we know who gets to play who uh, when it gets to the quarterfinal stages. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've I've been quite impressed away from the the top dogs. I've been been really impressed with Canada actually, who've have they've been on the rugby radar as long as I can remember, even back to. Um, Oh, his name has just escaped me. They had a very good first five for a long time in the men's side. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, um, Gareth. Uh, uh, Gareth Reese. Gareth Reese, very good. And they they sort of threatened to join the Gareth upper. Gareth Reese. Not only the first five, but he became, I think, the manager for about fifteen years, and the coach, and he does commentating, and he yeah. does. Yeah, no, he's a he's a he's a great guy, um, uh, Gareth. Now he was a terrific player. And Hans de Goody was the other one. He was the first Canadian to go and play. I think he went and played at P- P- Cardiff. And his daughter is in the Canadian team. Oh, yes. Nice. Actually, he's out here, actually, watching it. I saw him interviewed on the sideline um, with his wife yeah. supporting their daughter, which is fantastic. They've, they've threatened for a while. This could be this World Cup, while we focus on New Zealand and can we beat England, this World Cup is really important for other nations beaming in and inspiring the young women of those countries. And, and I'm looking at Canada. Well, poor Canada. They've had a bit of a bad run, uh, you know, particularly their attempts to qualify for uh, a Rugby World Cup next year. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, the women, they've been very good on the seven circuit. They've got a number of those players in this team. And they're actually, at, at the moment, in second place mm. in the pool uh, standings. The, the, the combined standings behind New Zealand. It's only... that They're the only other team that's got maximum points, which is, I'm saying, why New Zealand really need to put Scotland away efficiently this week, make sure they get the bonus points, keep the points differential up. Um, Canada play the United States. Um, At the moment, the States are inside uh, the top eight, but they've only had one win. If they lose this, there's a chance, you know, someone like Fiji or um, one of the other teams might sneak through. So USA, in a way, are kind of playing for survival. Canada are playing to try and take one of the top two seedings uh, through to uh, the, the quarterfinals, which, you know, it would only be on on account of a bonus point, uh, but that would put them both ahead of England, uh, which really throws up some interesting possibilities when it comes to semi-finals time. So, 
Yeah, that, that's actually a huge game. Canada, USA, as is France against Fiji. Fiji be playing for survival in that one. And finally, TJ, as we are want to do on the show, we have a bit of fun as well, and we're running a competition. I should have given you a heads up here, but just off the top of your head, we're doing we're trying to find New Zealand's favourite TV character of all time. And we took um, nominations the other day. We've uh, cut it down to the thirty-two TV characters around the world, all all formats, not movies, TV shows or Netflix shows, not movies. Who would be the first couple that would jump out as being TJ's favourites? Is Frank Costanza in there? George Costanza? No, Frank, his father. Who? What? Who? What? No. <laughs> Frank, George Costanza's father, Frank. I, I still, I mean, I loved, I loved Seinfeld. I still watch it over and over. And, and you know, you could put George, you could put Kramer, you could put Newman, you could, but, but Frank Costanza became my favourite character. Um, boy, I don't know. Um, I was a, Alveda Zane Pet. I loved um, Jimmy Nail. Jimmy Nail from from Alveda Zane Pet. But I, I, I guarantee he's probably not on the on on the list either. He was certainly nominated. I'm showing my age a bit. No, he was certainly nominated, and we actually played his song out yesterday. Um, oh, I love Don't Live Here Anymore. No, or what was the other one? Ain't no doubt. Ain't no doubt. It's um, plain to see. Yep, that one. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. I, I just that um, those first two series of Alveda Zane Pet. I never missed them. Um, so yeah, boy, if that's a without um, having much time to think about it, Staffy. Yeah. Um, well, our num- I'll just let no, you know. I'll let you know. Our number one. Our, our number one seed. Scott Tracy Thunderbird one. Scott Tracy Thunderbird one. That'd be, that'd be the other one. Sheepers. <laughs> I knew you'd be left field, TJ. That's why we love you. That's why we get you on. <laughs> well, think about it. Everyone always thought that Thunderbird 2 was the best one because it was biggest. But if it wasn't for Scott getting there first and setting up that console, Virgil just wouldn't have even known where to go. <laughs> oh, I love you, Tony Johnson. That's magnificent. Oh, we got a scoot. Thanks heaps, buddy. All right, mate. Oh, Tony Johnson with the Thunderbirds history lesson. He could probably write the Thunderbirds Wikipedia page. <laughs> Who knew? I, I, I'd heard of the names, uh, but I, I didn't know the history between them. Absolutely fantastic. Always good to have Tony Johnson on. That is our lifestyle-focused rugby update. Uh, you can eliminate moss mould and lichen fast, which I've done, and it's the new and powerful Spray Go products. That's from lifestylefocus.co.nz. Let's go to new sport and weather. Live from the SENZ studios in Auckland, this is the GWE Top of TV Character Jamboree. Yahoo! Results time. Results. Now, before I get to um, the official results uh, brought to us by Captain K, I just want to go through the Instagram results if I can, Staff. Okay. So we had Basil Faulty, who was the uh, number three seed in the East. Um, going up against Denny Crane. And on Instagram, we've got 74% in favour of Basil Faulty. Mm. So an easy win for Basil there. Uh, in the West, we had Al Bundy, the fourth seed, going up against Omar Little from mm. The Wire. Mm. And uh, I can tell you that Al Bundy, an 80% majority. What I can tell you. In the vote. So that's what I can tell you. Now, Kez has combined that with the text votes. And Kez, what have you got for us? So this uh, is the combined We're going vote. live now to Kez in the field. What do you got, Kez? Well, Sam, I'll tell you about the atmosphere down here for round two <laughs> of the TV. Nah, boys, look, that's I'll tell great. you what. Combining the both, it's actually pretty similar. 
So what? Sorry, what was the Instagram? If you can remember, seventy six percent was uh, Basil Faulty. Well, I've got seventy five here. Wow, for Basil. There you go. Uh, and then taking it on, there was a lot of text for Omar, and they did come in right at the start, but unfortunately. Nah, it's not enough. Al ended up sneaking away with 70% of the votes. And gosh, Steph, isn't that just a classic first-round mistake that some teams make? They come out a little bit too hot, and they can't ride the full four quarters. They get pulled in late. I can't believe they didn't go to their bench earlier. They should have. They really should have. And it's an experience, isn't it? I I did actually see as well Omar do the shimmy. Did he? Yeah, before putting the air ball. See, the thing with Al Bundy is that um, that's a man who knows knows what he's doing. Mm. He's been here before. He knows he's got a clean sweep, probably through to the quarterfinals. He's just got to stay in the game, stick to his job, box ticked, you're moving on. Well done. <laughs> uh, so then we go to the last matchup for the day, Steph, and we've only got half an hour. We In might fact, have 24 minutes. We might have to announce the official result tomorrow for this one. Um, we'll, let, we'll sort of leave it running. We'll okay. see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so in the Eastern Conference, we have the number five seed Kramer oh, from Seinfeld going up against everyone. Just texting Cracker the other day. Doctor Fitzgerald played by Robbie oh, Coltrane. Now that's tough for me. Twenty uh, ranked twenty eight going into the uh, into the bracket. So uh, Kramer five beat Doctor Fitzgerald twenty eight. And in the West, the number six seed it's Billy T James. Going up and controversial inclusion, some might say. What? Billy T? Yeah. Billy T. James show. He was a character. He was self-named. Yeah, okay, okay. What's controversial? Going, but we couldn't leave him out. Going up against my personal favourite and probably going to go home early, which is unjustified, <laughs> from the Peaky Blinders, it's Tommy Shelby. Tommy oh. Shelby. Okay, Peaky Blinders people yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, by order of the Peaky Blinders, I demand you to vote. <laughs> Billy T versus Peaky and... Kramer. Kramer versus Cracker. Nice. Okay, so there's your text votes. Get them in. Uh, someone's just texting Craig, actually. said, Denny Crane, uh, being a legal mastermind that he is, has asked for a recount. He wants all of those votes that have misspelled faulty thrown out. <laughs> and someone else texts us saying, Frank Costanza was a brass salesman and in real life is the father of Ben Stiller. I didn't know that. Yeah, he is the father of Ben Stiller, yeah. Mm. Craig also said, Staffy and Sam, awesome pick on the door. Dogs last week, Sammy. His DAB account has never looked better. Go thrilling, Rogue. You good thing. Um, a lot of people just text in bears, though, for, for Basil. So they didn't misspell the faulty. Oh, just a lot of bears. Yeah, as long as we know who you There's bears and owl. That's what everyone was texting in. Bears and owl. Yeah, and Carl's texting, hey, Staffy, you must feel a bit of a fool telling the Silver Fin players they'd retained the cup after winning the second test. Cheers, Carl. I don't feel a fool, Carl. Because that was uh, passed on to me by from someone from Netball New Zealand. And let's be honest, it's a stupid way of doing it. Like, you've got to win three or four games. If you don't, Kids was telling me, you win the series, but you don't win the cup. Mm. Stupid. But they were, still, five. they were still saying last night that whoever wins the last game wins the Constellation Cup. Now, that's different to what we were told um, in Tauranga after that, out that game. They made the out. series. Steph, I did because I freaked out myself and I had to clarify. So it is, it's a four-game series. We won the first two, which means the Cup is staying in New Zealand, but the series is still on the line. So it's like winning the Bledisloe Cup, but you don't actually get the Cup. Uh, that's that's stupid. Come on. Yep, five-game series. Stupid. Sam, so let's make a petition. Yeah, I don't have a series and the Cup running concurrently with different countbacks. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Silly. Because the series goes on for and against, and now Australia are ahead, way ahead in the for and against after last night. Um, so it is for the series, it's on the last one, but the Constellation Cup is in the cupboard. Is that what you're telling me, Captain K? Roger. So I don't feel silly, Carl. Don't feel silly at all. No. <laughs> anyway. 
NHL team. Should we find you an NHL team? Are we going to do that now? Yeah. Go on. Okay. So Steph needs an NHL team. If you've just uh, if you didn't hear what we were talking about last hour, and I've pulled up a little quiz here um, that I'm going to get you ripped through, Steph. So uh, we'll try to do this as quick as we can. Okay. There's quite a few questions. I'm good at um, this. I'm but, the chaser. But do think about it. Okay. Uh, first question: How much do you know about hockey? A little bit, a lot, nothing, barely anything. Compared to you, a little bit. Oh, I reckon you're a barely anything. Aren't you? No, I know a little bit. Okay, a little bit. Of the following places, which would you most be interested in visiting? Missouri, New York, Quebec, California. Quebec. How would you describe yourself overall? Organised and smart, funny and sarcastic, shy and humble, loud and exciting. Jeepers. B. Funny and sarcastic? I think so. Sure. Which colour combination goes better? Blue and yellow? Red and blue? Red and white? Blue and black? Blue and black. You're ticking all the same as kids here. What kind of season do you want your team to have? An organised, well-thought-out season? Win the Stanley Cup? A fun season? Or a playoff season. Fun. You and Captain K are identical. How important is the history of your team? Not important, not too important, very important, kind of important. Kind of important. Okay. I would have gone very. Are you new to enjoying the sport of hockey? Yes. So no, kind of, not at all, eh, kind of. Oh. Am I new? I think eh, kind of. Eh, kind of. Yep. What country do you prefer your team to be from? The US, Canada, I don't care. Uh, I don't care. No, that's a good, good choice. What do you want your fellow fan base to be like? Smart and fair, fun and outgoing, boring and quiet, loud and exciting? Second one. Fun and outgoing? Yeah. Which would you prefer when it comes to your team? Young, new players? A mix? Older players? Doesn't matter. A mix. How important is a mascot? <laughs> not that important, not important, important, very important. Not important. Yeah. Do, uh, do you watch hockey with your friends? No. No. I don't watch it. Um, what's the first thing you would do with $1 million? Buy my friends and family things, buy puppies, donate to charity, buy a house and a car. House and a car. <laughs> if you could be fluent in one language other than Eng- English, what would you choose? German, French, Mandarin, other. German, French, Mandarin. Mandarin. Okay. Do you want to root for the same team as your friends? Doesn't matter. Yes, maybe, not at all. Doesn't matter. Yes, maybe, not at all. Not at all. How do you feel about bandwagon jumpers? They're unoriginal, they're okay, love them, no opinion. Unoriginal. How seriously do you take your sports? Not too seriously, it's a lifestyle, not seriously at all, pretty seriously. Pretty seriously. Which are you when it comes to your sleep patterns? Oh, I almost answered this for you. Early bird, night owl, both, I don't know. Night, oh jeez, I'm just a shocking sleeper. <laughs> whatever, whatever fits. Let's just go night owl. Uh, what's most important in your life? Friends, family, food, sports? Family. What is your dream job? Doctor, hockey player, model, I don't care. Not a a big range, but I don't know where they're going with this one. Doctor, hockey player, model, I don't care. I think you probably, I don't care in that scenario, aren't you? Uh, A father only thing? No, no, but I think you you go, I don't care if if your dream job isn't any of those. I don't care. Uh, What colour eyes do you have? Brown. What does your average everyday wardrobe look like? Very fashionable, athletic clothes, jeans and T-shirts, everything is black. Jeans and T-shirts. <laughs> and what social media app do you prefer to use? Twitter. Uh, what's your favourite food to get at an arena? Pizza, pretzel and cheese, popcorn, other? Probably other. Nah, pizza. Okay. What's your favourite beverage to get in an arena? Water, soda, coffee, beer? If I'm at an arena, probably a beer if I'm at yep. the ice hockey. At what age did you feel like you became mature? 18, I've been an adult forever, I'm not an adult, or 8. 
18. 18. We're getting close. Uh, what do you do on your Friday nights? Spend time with family, hang out with friends, watch Netflix, watch sports at a restaurant with friends. Oh, the closest would be the last one. Yep, watch sport. Mm. What kind of music do, would you like to hear over the loudspeaker at a hockey arena? Blues, jazz, rap and R&B, pop, heavy metal rock? Heavy metal rock. Is live hockey or TV hockey better? Live. Uh, you've got to be at the game. Uh, overall, what does hockey mean to you? It's very important. It's my life. It's just a sport. I don't like it. It's just a sport. Radio staff. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got the exact same team as Captain K, which is the San Jose Sharks. That is officially your team. Uh, because of your loud and exciting personality and lifestyle, the San Jose Sharks have a lot of daring and intelligent players when they get out on the ice. Uh, ice. They've competed in the playoffs and even made it to the Stanley Cup finals. I think that was in 2015. So, Was that Mario Lemieux? Uh, he did play for them a long time ago. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Maybe I know a little bit more than a little bit. Yeah. There we are, San Jose Sharks. Up the Sharks. Ooh, sharks. You're like a Marco Tasman. Yeah. Yeah. So are you happy with that? You yeah. happy with San Jose? Yeah, I'm California? San Jose all day. They've got cool jerseys. I love the oh, San love Jose jerseys. And the mascot's awesome. He's got gills fins and, and yeah, fins all sorts. and dorsals. He's like a real shark. Yeah, boy. I like fishing into the ocean. What are we doing now? <laughs> We'll take a break. San Jose Sharks Central here. We'll be back after the break. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? I just did the quiz myself, and you know I'm a big Boston Bruins fan. I've got the New York Rangers, so it's a flawed quiz. Yeah. Um, it's not legit, people. Um, I actually did quickly look up a little blurb about San Jose for you. Um, it says, You're, you support teams that fall just short. They have perennially been one of the NHL's best teams throughout the 2000s, yet have never quite reached the summit. They're caught between rebuilding and chasing the championship at the moment, an unenviable position generally. Does that fit your... That fits, my, that fits my encyclopedia of sports teams I support beautifully. Well, there you go. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> Sit next to the Buffalo Bills, the Shark Hurricanes, Town. and Manawatu. Shark Town. I love it. Uh, um, $564 for a Sharks replica jersey. I won't be getting one. Nah, nah, I can get you one cheaper than that. Thanks, mate. Yep. $120. Bucks. Um, right. What is making news around the world, Steph? And I don't, know, I don't have a lot of time, so I have to rip through these ones. First of all, Javo. You remember yeah, Javo, Javo. Uh, who would dress up in uh, the team attire of whatever sport he was watching, run onto the field and join in the national anthem or bowl a cricket ball. I messaged him to get him on the show. That's right, you did. Did you get a reply? No. Uh, well, it might be because he's been in court and he's found himself the recipient of an eight-month suspended jail, oh, sorry, eight-week suspended jail sentence. Right. However, as you might imagine, he's skating on thin ice. If it happens again. Serious jail time, Steph. Um, I don't know if you know, but he's actually banned for two years from all sporting fixtures in the UK and uh, cannot travel overseas for 12 months. Oh, he's stuffed. So he is sort of stuffed, but man, it would be good to see him just again under under the shadow of the ban, you know? And say, great. bugger it, I'm doing yeah, it anyway. Yeah, I'm doing it anyway. For the fans, you know, for the fans. And then he might come on the show. Um, are you, You're a takeaway. You don't really like takeaways, do you? I do like them, yeah. but I don't... Not Maccas and BK and all those sorts of ones, right? Yeah, occasionally. Do you notice, like, Maccas, Carl's Jr., BK, do you notice something similar about all of them? No. They all have quite yellow and red-based logos, don't okay. they? Okay, yeah, they do. There's a reason for that, do you know? No. Let me tell you. There's an expert that's weighed in on this, psychological expert, um, looking at the positive psychology 
of uh, red and yellow in relation to the fast food industry. Uh, red triggers stimulation, appetite, hunger, and it attracts attention. Yellow triggers feelings of happiness and friendliness. Mm. So you put that together and you get speed, quickness, in and out, enjoyable meal, job done. That's why fast food restaurants use it, apparently. Do you reckon it's that scientific? Mm. Do you reckon they pour that much thought into the colours of their logo? Absolutely they do. Yeah. That's well, I mean, they all they all love red and red and, and Wendy's as well was pretty red and yellow, it isn't is, it? Yeah. Gee, I almost need the X file music for that. Um, you will like this one. A couple have been left fuming after trying to deposit Donald Trump money, <laughs> thinking it was legal tender. Uh, they received the money supposedly from Donald Trump himself. Trump bucks. Yeah, nice. They're being called, um, and they went into a bank. And uh, this is actually from the bank teller's point of view. She says a couple uh, just came in wanting to cash their Donald Trump bucks, claiming that it was real gold and legal tender. She initially laughed at the couple's request as she thought they were kidding. When she realised they weren't, it got very awkward. Uh, the couple said, it is real. I was told to bring it to a bank to exchange it for cash. You got the, 20 seconds. The woman eventually had to fetch her supervisor. Um, and she said, oh, he'll tell you it's real. That's real gold. You can feel it. For the record, Steph, uh, Trump bucks are not made from real gold, if you didn't know. And so uh, they were denied. They were. The ability to cash it out. I'm not going to. Oh, I can sink this one really quickly, can't Go I? quick. Shakira. Mm. She's getting the ultimate revenge over PK because there are reports circulating that she's about to sign a massive deal with Barcelona to be a shirt sponsor. So, her, so PK is going to have to run around with her name on the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get back at your ex, people. Okay. Good stuff. We'll come back in a mo. We'll wrap it up. Back on this day. October 20 in 1990, a 21-man brawl broke out after Arsenal's Nigel Winterburn and Anders Limpar gang-tackled Dennis Ewan, a man you, and Arsenal's 1-0 win. Fight! 1991, Australian first five, Michael Liner, one of the best, scored a famous try in injury time to clinch a memorable 1918 victory over Ireland in the World Cup quarterfinal. In 1994, 83-year-old George McCandless became the oldest harness racing driver to win a race. Birthdays today, Claudio Ranieri, 71. Ian Rush, 61. Laurie Daly, 53. Joey Wheeler is 35. Maddie Green's birthday as well. Uh, the number one song, we won't tell you. It was Dilemma, but the number one movie was The Ring. Oh, Phoenix Nation next. Ufuk Tale will be talking to Ricardo. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.